Welcome, everyone, to this special edition of BAMS Radio, the holiday edition. The day after Christmas, uh, we're, coming, we're coming on a different day. Uh, we're coming on a Monday night. It's snowy here in the Rocket City, but I'm in Huntsville. I'm Drew DeArmond. I'm with my two usual cohorts, Thomas the Wizard Watts in the Port City of Mobile. He's going to keep us on the air. He's going to have his uh, outstanding analytical takes, breaking down the numbers, breaking down Kansas State and Alabama. And we have, of course, from 89 to 93, a national champion, a guy that has his ear to the ground as well as anyone, and that's going to be William Redfish Barger. We can talk about recruiting, too, because uh, recruiting ended extremely impressively for Alabama. They're probably going to get some more good news tomorrow. Uh, as well, and from the transfer portal, maybe their first portal piece at tight end. We'll talk about that, but we're especially going to talk about this surprising Sugar Bowl. And the reason it's surprising is Alabama looks like they're going to have no opt-outs. Uh, extremely surprising, uh, especially in this current climate, uh, the way they do bowl games. But it looks like, uh, especially consider their two-time uh, team captains, that Bryce Young and Will Anderson are going to play in this game. Jordan Battle is going to play in this game, Brian Branch. And the one thing I really never thought of, and he, he was quoted as saying this, Jameer Gibbs is playing in a bowl game because he's never played in one. And his two years at Georgia Tech were not good, and they didn't play in a bowl, and he wants to play in a bowl game. So while we think all these guys could move on, they're all going to play in the Sugar Bowl. And it certainly changes things for Alabama. It changes the expectation. I think everybody expects Alabama to win this game now. Might even uh, – you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, put more pressure on Alabama to perform well. And, and you know, and, and certainly Kansas State's going to fire them up even more. Alabama will not have the built-in excuse of not having their own squad. And now Alabama needs to go out and be impressive and, and try to win that 11th game. We're going to talk about that and more on BAMS radio. Uh, and we'll even talk a little hoops at the end as Alabama gets ready uh, coming up on the 29th to start SEC play. And uh, they ended their pre-conference with, uh, you know, an impressive win, though it took a half to get started against Jackson State. Uh, but we're going to talk some Alabama football and basketball here with you today. And William, uh, very interesting. Alabama didn't have any opt-outs for this Sugar Bowl game. I know I certainly expected some. I think everybody on this show did. Looks like, though, Alabama's going to have the full squad. They're still banged up. I, I think some guys like Jalen Moody, who I believe had shoulder surgery, won't play in the game, but uh, they should still have most everybody with all hands on deck. And in this era of opt-outs, that's pretty surprising. Well, I, mean, I think, you know, from the, from the first standpoint, the fact that they have had no opt-outs um, kind of speaks well to the culture that, you know, Nick Saban um, has created at Alabama. Um you know, I would have told you a week ago when we were talking on Sunday that, you know, Bryce Young and Will Anderson both were not going to play in this bowl game. I was wrong. Yeah. I'll eat my plate of crow. Um, but, the, you know, that being said, um, I, I still think when you start looking at this matchup with Kansas State, um, you know, Alabama is – more athletic they're probably bigger and stronger a little bit on the um on, on both sides of the line of scrimmage um you know is this kansas state team devoid of talent no it's not they, they've got some talent but w what it comes down to is um you know can the 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 better athletes of alabama um overcome the in my opinion from what i've seen and you know i spent some time watching this kansas state football team this year um you know can they overcome being out schemed because that's the only way that kansas state beats this alabama football team um you know next saturday is w with a better scheme and, and and you know better coaches calling the place because Alabama has the the hold there where it's, you know, bigger, better, faster athletes. They're going to play in that game. Yeah, they are. And it's, so it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, uh, you know how, how Alabama approaches it. Supposedly, they, uh, as Coach David said, he, they just landed uh, in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl just a little bit ago. And he said, 
I like the attitude that the team has had at this point. Hopefully we continue to build on that and have positive momentum going into the game. So it's certainly going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I've already put a pick in of 34-17 Alabama because they're going to have everybody. And look, I, I know some people have already said, you know, what Will Anderson's risking, what uh, Bryce Young is. I think Alabama's taking down insurance policies for both. <laughs> you know, but they're still both taking the chance, and you got to admire them for doing it. And to, and uh, Bryce should be as healthy as he's been in a while, being able to rest his shoulder some. I'm sure he hasn't had his big, you know, his thrown as much. He's given him a chance to heal up. And Will Anderson as well. A lot of these guys should be uh, much fresher. And so, it Thomas, it makes it interesting for this matchup because this is a Kansas State team. They're well coached. They're physical. I don't know about, you know, as, as big a play a team as Alabama has played. I, I think they have some explosiveness, but they're not known for throwing the ball down the field as much. It's more a, a big physical running game. It's going to be an interesting uh, kind of clash of styles here. I think stylistically it is going to be one. But the first thing when you when you pick this game, and I'm not sure 34-17 is that far off, Drew, but – there's always a question when you talk about Alabama, Georgia, in some cases when Ohio State has a really good offensive line, uh, you know, the, 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 what, the, the Cardell Jones group, that defensive line was unbelievable. But the question you have to answer, the question you have to decide when you're picking this game and breaking it down, it's how does Kansas State handle – Alabama's offensive line and defensive line because the Kansas State offense, you're absolutely right, they rush 58% of their plays, their offensive plays are running plays. Uh, you know, triple option, really, you know, clever scheme stuff. Uh, if you can take the K-State offensive creativity and inject it into the Alabama offense with a side of health, I think Alabama's undefeated. But, you know, neither here nor there. But the problem with that sort of distribution where six out of ten plays are a run play, that generally means that you're less explosive, more efficient. So your offense loves second and five, loves third and three, hates third and 12 because they just – Kansas State doesn't really have – you know, they, there's no Devontae Smith who, hey – Third, go run 15 yards down the field. I'm going to put it near you. Go catch it. You know, there's nothing really there on this K-State team to do something like that. So does Kansas State have the horses or does Alabama make them inefficient and make them inefficient enough where their offense bogs down? Well, you know, looking at – let's look at what teams that they've played that might have something in the realm of the same amount of talent. Uh, the big one that jumps out to me is Texas. Uh, they lost 34-27 against Texas. And Texas's offensive and defensive lines, well, particularly the, the offensive line struggled against Alabama. But the defensive line did some things as Alabama was still settling in early on in the season. So, you know, they still were able to put up 27 points against Texas. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. But, you know, if we're talking about, you know, if we're sending text messages, essentially, and it's, you know, second quarter, Kansas State has, you know, call it maybe 40 yards total rushing, Alabama's going to blow K-State away because that, that's going – what's going to end up happening is they're not going to be able to stay efficient. They're going to bog down, and that defense is just going to get worn out chasing Alabama's receivers. I, I really – without – with no Bryce Young – I really liked that, that I think K-State had a good shot. But I think they're really going to struggle as this game rolls off on December 31st, Drew. Well, there's no doubt that Alabama has the big-time you know, edge and talent, especially NFL guys, athleticism, speed. I mean, Adrian Martinez is probably not even going to start in this game. It'll be Will Howard. Adrian Martinez may play in the game. Uh, I was just checking up on that, so – they could use some trickeration there, but it's a it's an offense that did not show much uh, in, in, in you know explosiveness 
the first six games before Martinez started getting started getting injured. It showed a little more late lately, but really it's going to come down to Alabama stopping the run. Uh, Alabama has struggled with that a little bit, though, uh, William. Uh, that's the one concern for me because uh, I, even though Tennessee is a throwing football team, Tennessee ran for 180. Uh, certainly LSU had to be a running team this year. Uh, Jaden Daniels was not very mobile, and Alabama you know, was gashed at, the t- at times with the running game. I want to see how Alabama plays against the run. I felt like that they weren't as good as they needed to be for much of this season. And with a month to prepare and then Will Anderson on, on the team and every all hands on deck, it's it should be an offense that Alabama can slow down. And keep, that's why I picked the teens and keeping the teens. And to me, if, 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 uh, if Kansas State can't get this game to the upper 20s, they're in trouble. Well, Drew, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, if you see, you know, Will Anderson and Dallas Turner dropping into coverage, if if you see uh, Will Anderson um, lined up at defensive tackle um, over the, the outside shoulder of one offensive guard, then, you know, it, it's time to hit the damn DEFCON 5 button. It's, it's over with. Right. Um, I'm not saying that's what it's going to be, but, I'm just saying I've seen a lot of bad, you know, defensive calls from one Peter Golding um, in in the 2022 football season. Um, You know, when it comes to, you know, what's going to happen in this bowl game, um, me personally, I I really don't care. Um, I'm more, you know, bought in on, you know, finding out who's going to be the you know, the, the leaders of this football team, and, you know, and that's what the, the benefit of the, the bowl practice is, is you kind of get a preview of football practice because you get, I think it's 15 football practices before you roll into October. I mean, excuse me, March um, with spring practice. And so, you know, you get to find out, and we've already seen that depth chart change a little bit. Um, you know, Sports Illustrated put out one, you know, this week where, you know, it's, you know, Bryce Young, and then it's either or Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson. And, you know, yeah. I think a lot of Alabama fans want to, you know, see how that works out. But, you know, that doesn't really bother me so much as to way the way, you know, Nick Saban is approaching this bowl practice. Um you know, what it needs to be is, because, you know, I, I went through some really dysfunctional bowl practices as a player. Yeah. And, you know, where, where that where that nut is going to be one, it's not going to be during the bowl practice. Don't get me wrong. It is good practice footage. And, you know, you can find out, you know, who's going to play and, um, you know, who can help out as a newcomer. But where that becomes a game winner is, in, you know, between March 1st and, you know, the end of April prior to the A-Day game with what goes on in spring practice. And I think that's where this Alabama football team is. Um, do I think, that, you know, can they win this football game? Absolutely. I mean, I think they're more athletic. Um, I think they've got more sudden players. Um, you know, at least two on both sides of the football and, and Bryce Young and Will Anderson. But could they be out-schemed in this football game? Um, I've seen it happen before, um, you know, during the Nick Saban era uh, multiple times. It happened versus Oklahoma. Um, in, in the Sugar Bowl in 2013, um, you know, it happened during, um, you know, the Hugh Freeze era, uh, a couple of times, maybe 14 to 16. I mean, I've seen it happen before. But, you know, we'll just have to see how just bought in, um, you know, this Alabama football team is. But when, when you look at it, Drew, and you say, hey, ma- make a prediction on what you see, um, on the football field every day. Um, I'm not going to choose Kansas State over Alabama, but I can see some scenarios where maybe that happens. Yeah, it could. You never know. You never know how a team's going to play. I mean, 
we've heard, I've heard good things about practices and Saban's like their focus, but you never know, uh, you know, when uh, that, uh, you know, uh, until they get out there on the field, how they're going to play. It's interesting that Will Howard is basically, uh, Martinez got hurt twice, but just uh, reading up on them and studying them, even if Martinez is healthy, they would still expect Howard to play because, quite frankly, he gives their offense more balance. Martinez struggled, uh, you know, when he was, uh, you know, uh, with throwing the football. Uh, they weren't, they didn't make big plays down the field. They ran the football pretty well, but they didn't have balance until Will Howard came along. So it looks like it's Will Howard's job to lose. Now, he doesn't run as much as Martinez, Thomas, but, and Alabama certainly had their issues with the mobile QB, but he does. Uh, throw the ball well and uh, provide that sort of balance. So uh, this could turn into a shootout a little bit, uh, depending on what happens. Well, I, I I think William is right in that the thing that K-State, the decided advantage they have is I think their ability to scheme offensively is very, very good. You, know, you go back, you watch that Big 12 championship game where they beat TCU. There were a few times where I was just like, man, I'd love to see Alabama do something like that. Just, just a couple times. Just, just give me, give me two. Let me get two. But the I court, found that in the old Miss game myself, Thomas. But go ahead. Well, it's fair. <laughs> but I was just toward, since we're talking K State, I was like, let me just get like two or three of those. Like, I just, I just need, I need two or three of those to make me happy. But neither here nor there to the point. I think that's going to be a spot where K State has an advantage, and I don't. I don't really have a ton of a ton of faith in it turning into a track meet, Drew. I, I just don't. I think yeah. you know Alabama. The line has fluctuated around a touchdown, and you know the over under has fluctuated a little bit as well. So it's I, I don't. In right now, the over under is fifty six. So it's like a thirty five twenty one kind of score is what. Uh, Vegas is thinking, and I, I that 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 makes sense to me. I just the, the problem. The, the, so I think Al, I think this is to me much more about Alabama and one of the, some of the stuff that kind of drives me nuts. So why have we been critical of Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien, we have been rightly critical of him because his offense is very very complicated. You know, everybody has to read the same thing, react the same way, and if you do that, you're almost unstoppable. You're just awesome. Or you have Jamison Williams, who is was the best wide receiver in football last year, all respect to Jordan Addison. Anyway, um, the thing is, when Alabama should have been developing that, Bryce Young was hurt. I mean, don't underestimate when you have a 19-year-old group of true freshmen in an offense that I would be shocked if your Kobe Prentices and your, your, your Kendrick Laws and those guys came from an offense that was like what Bill O'Brien's asked of them. I would be stunned. So the learning curve is pretty steep. Well, once one of the ways you start learning, you catch passes from your quarterback running the plays in season in practice. Bryce Young couldn't throw for a month or more. Or if he threw, he was on a very limited pitch count. So that sort of development never really happened. I think you started to see it later on in the season. You know, I realized the Auburn game, Auburn was a not great football team. But it started to click a little bit. And, you know, Alabama annihilates Auburn happy days. Move on. But I think you could see more of that. And suddenly as Alabama – gains that balance and you know you're not having to have you know Jameer Gibbs run into a an eight-man box because you have faith in the wide receivers that you can do they'll do what they need to do to get open I think that's really going to be the problem for Kansas State because if Alabama's offense is coherent and able to do the things that Bill O'Brien's going to ask it to do that's a very very hard group to stop and you know I don't think K-State has the horses to stop that. Now, yeah, I think that the K-State offense, as you've been saying, and you're, you're absolutely right in that Will Howard has been a good quarterback. You know, if you, if you go by ESPN QBR, he's in the 80s, which is solid to excellent. And yep. he's going to be able to do some things. But 
that offense, do, do I buy that that offense is going to want to play from behind? Hell no. Hell no. That is a, that is a team that loves to get a lead and grind you. And that's fine. Like, they, they won the Big 12 doing that. But I think this Alabama offense, I think that's the story that should be talked about. I think that folks need to understand that the Alabama offense traditionally under Nick Saban has turned into unstoppable demon killing machines into October, start of November. Well, this time it was end of November, start of December because of injuries to the quarterback and just a steep learning curve. That doesn't discount that it was coming around. And if that offense shows up, look out because Alabama that you could turn around, we could get out of the first quarter and suddenly it's 17-0 and K-State's punting to Alabama and the game's over. And then suddenly William and I will have a BAMS radio for the ages arguing over Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow. So that, to me, is the bigger storyline, Drew, versus what Will Howard and the offense for K-State will be able to do this Alabama defense. I just think, I just think Alabama is going to have the – the advantage on both lines of scrimmage. I would expect to see a game plan similar to what we saw uh, against the Auburn Tigers, which to me is, you know, closer to 50-50. I would still expect more runs than throws. If I, the key to me is keeping Bryce Young between 30 and 35 passes. If you can do that, if you can dominate the time of possession and run the football, and if there's 40 runs or more called, that I think Alabama's going to win this game and win it impressively because, as I was saying, Williams already pointed out that, that Alabama has the advantage along the lines of scrimmage. And I just think Alabama, they've got to be balanced and they've got to play physically because I think this is kind of setting the tone for the way Nick Saban wants to play going forward. But they've done this since halftime of the old Miss game. There still needs to be a consistency and a, and a I guess what I should say, a, uh, a commitment to running the football and running it effectively with Jay, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs and Roy Dell. Certainly, Drew. I think that's I, – I, I can see that as part of the game plan. A lot of um, – I mean, balance. Where was this where, – where did this team feel the best over the past – since the Ole Miss game, as you said? To me, it felt the best when you had a situation where – you know, second and seven, third and five, third and four, because it allowed the team to be flexible and utilize some of that talent in a one-on-one. Bryce Young's good enough to convert third and 15 with some regularity, but you don't want to be there. This offense loves it. This, This offense is not that explosive. It's much more efficient. Not in the same way K State's is, but there are some similarities there. So, We'll see. I definitely think that Alabama has the ability to pull that off, and it's certainly something to be to look forward to. No question about that. And, and the way I equate it too is, I looked. I looked at the last three games. And I started talking to you guys about Alabama's balance and the, the magic number being thirty to thirty-five passes for Bryce Young. Well, I can tell you, in the uh, in the in the game with uh, with Austin P, it was forty-five to thirty run to pass, of course, run being, the more, it, it being more run heavy. That was the play calling, 34 to 30 against Auburn, 30 passes, 34 rushes. And then when you look at uh, Ole Miss, the way the second it started in the second half, but it really worked out. They only rushed for 108 against Ole Miss, but it was, it was uh, 36 to 33 as Alabama continued to call more runs than passes. And they need that kind of balance. <laughs> against Juice Vaughn and, uh, and uh, K-State, for one, to control the clock, and for two, to control the line of scrimmage. They have to be committed uh, to the running game, no doubt about it. And Thomas, I know that's going to be a big key to, to me. Again, if you see Bryce Young between 30 and 35 pass attempts and Alabama hit you know the, the 40 or more threshold with the run, it means they're controlling the line of scrimmage, they're controlling the clock, and they are basically dictating the pace of this game, which I think is huge. Right. And that's, that, that brings up the, the, the forever question of should that come to pass? And I don't, I don't think it's impossible for something like that to happen. Should that come to pass, is there a circumstance where 
Alabama just leans on K State <laughs> because Alabama does have like if you look at the the two teams rosters, I, I think you have to be pretty excited if you're if if Deuce Vaughn was playing for Alabama. But how much is Deuce Vaughn that much better than Jameer Gibbs? I'd argue not. No, and and, and, and so. It, and that's really – that's the one guy, if you, if you ask me on their offense, it's like Alabama would love to have or potentially think about wanting to have, I should say. So if, if Alabama is able to lean like you're talking about and hit that thing – and that's, that's what I was saying before with the efficiency notion. If Alabama is able to lean like that, buckle up. I mean, it's going to be – it could get ugly quick. And, and I just – I think it's – the problem is – I the. Okay, there's not just one problem. There are multitudes of problems. And in this case where I'm stuck, it's how does K-State react if Alabama pops two quick touchdowns? Like, you know, Alabama's able to do what they did against the Auburn Tigers and get the deep passing game going. And Because if you remember, you know, the first part of the Iron Bowl was, um, was not that pretty. You know, yeah. Auburn was, was going shot for shot with Alabama. And then suddenly, if you remember that second quarter, it just goes pop, pop, you know, pop, pop, pop. Alabama goes and scores three touchdowns in like four minutes of game time between a couple of explosives, a turnover, and the like. And because of that, the game, while not being completely over, Auburn was going to score that was going to struggle so much making that up that the game was pretty much over. And, yes, you should get mad that Alabama gave up 318 yards rushing. That's never an acceptable number. But Alabama was able to gain control of it by just scoring with through explosives. I think yeah. Alabama could do it that way. I think they could potentially do it leaning on K-State. It's one of those things to me, and that this goes back to my point before, if this offense is able to keep doing what it looked like towards the last half of the year and just sort of dictating – either tempo through the run or score through explosives, this is a really hard team to stop. And I don't know if K-State's going to be able to hang with that. They're, they're just not built for it. You know, if Alabama goes out and decides they're going to score 45, K-State ain't going to go score 48. But if they can't stop Alabama's run, I mean, Alabama will have no problem keeping the ball for 40 or 45 minutes of the game, Drew. Oh, they won't. They, I would agree with that. Um, you know, they've. Uh, you know, the, the biggest the biggest situation is K State only had really one explosive completion. I was just looking back at the Big Twelve uh, championship game, and uh, and you know uh, that they only had one explosive like forty yard catch in the game, Thomas. So to me, the biggest thing for Alabama to do is to stop Vaughn. They've got to stop Juice Vaughn. Uh, if they do that, then I think they're going to be in really good shape uh, because he dictated what they did in that Big 12 championship game of that win. 26 rushes, 130, and then a long of 44 yards, and he scored a touchdown. Their other explosive play was the Malik Knowles, a 40-yard catch and run. So they only had two explosive plays in the game. So Alabama needs to limit those and tackle Vaughn I would go as far as to say, I mean, we don't know what Pete Golding is going to do, Thomas. That's the, the, the $64,000 question. But I would almost put seven to eight guys in the box and just sell out to stop the run. Will Howard is a better passer than Adrian Martinez. He was 18 of 32 for 199 six, and, uh, and two touchdowns, but he only averaged 6.2 yards for pass and completion. So to me, I'm, I'm going to load up to stop the run and, and try to get them in third and long situations and then unleash Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell. I'm, it's going to kind of be an old school approach for me. So let me ask you this question because I haven't, I have not been able to pay much attention to early uh, practice reports so far. Yes. Right. Yell, at, yell at the producer. Anyway, you know, all joking aside, is Jaheim Otis is is he back healthy? I know he had that knee issue. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to play. Mm -hmm. Like I've said, I've mentioned that I think Jalen Moody's out. Yes, 
he and he missed the Iron Bowl. If you remember, Deontay Lawson led him in tackles, mm-hmm. um, and and Moody I think had a shoulder injury. I don't. Need to, I've heard he's in a sling. I don't think he'll play. I've heard Demarco Hellams has been in black, and they've been taking it easy with him. But I think he'll play in the game. Uh, I, I think that's what you saw against Auburn. Mm-hmm. So I think for the most part uh, that they're going to have all hands on deck. And I think, you know, besides, I think it'll probably be the same. You won't see a Jalen move, but gotcha. that's not necessarily, a, you know, something they can't deal with because he was hurt for most of the last half of the year. And so I think they'll be fine uh, without him. I think, Moody probably doesn't play in the game, but I think uh, other than that, everybody else should be there. And um, I think, you know, I, now you never know if somebody gets hurt in practice, but I know they scrimmaged and there didn't seem to be any injuries. So I think they're going to be fine. And I think the main thing to be concerned with is I, 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 they won't have Jalen Moody, but they've already dealt with that in the iron bowl. And I thought at times they played well, but at times they struggled. But to me, here's what I always say, especially if you've got, um, you know, all your preparation time and you and you've had a chance to get healthier. Uh, if you're as long as you're motivated, and especially now, I mean, Pete Golding obviously has taken a lot of heat toward the latter half of the season. People wonder about his future, or whether he's coaching to stay at Alabama, or whether he's coaching. Uh, these guys, to, if he's auditioning somewhere else, there's going to be no excuse to not play well because they've had plenty of preparation time. And quite frankly, I think it turns the onus back onto the coaches to uh, have you know everybody available and not have any opt-outs because now that it puts it on the staff, these guys, you're expecting them to play well. Sure. And to, answer, to, to explain why I'm asking about Otis's health, I think Jaheim Otis is the best run-stuffing yeah. defensive tackle on the roster. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, I, think, I think that there, there are guys that can do in a pinch, but if I have a guy that I want on first and ten just making the center's life a living hell, it's Jaheim Otis. Now – Assuming that is the case, assuming he's available, which I'm going to say, I, I, I'm just going to take you at your word, you have to feel pretty confident for this Alabama defense because I don't know that K-State's going to be able to do the interior stuff because that explosive you mentioned that, that Vaughn had, that was it, – it was, it was a between-the-tackles run that just broke because um, – Somebody blew a gap assignment for the TCU defense. So with that being the case, I think you have to feel like if that comes together and Otis is able to play, it's going to make you feel pretty good for Al- if you're an Alabama fan. So, I mean, overall to me, it really does come down to if you can get, you know, you win on first down, you win on second down, I'd, I simply don't think that's that's a winning formula. You know, if if you see K State in the the third and longs, good luck. That's not that wasn't their game ever, and it won't be their game with Will Anderson and Dallas Turner screaming off the edge. So I think I think you're on to something, but we'll see. I, I've I think it's shocking that we're even having to have this conversation, given some of the culture stuff we've talked about, but. We're going to see as, as they lace them up uh, in the Sugar Bowl, Drew. And I, I think it's fair for Alabama fans to be pretty darn confident. Well, I do. I agree. Um, you know, I just think when you look at it, uh, even with the depth situation, that's the only thing that makes me nervous along uh, the offensive uh, line is the depth situation. You don't have Amari Kite if Steen has an issue. Um, you don't have – you still have Dalcourt and – uh, you know, certainly McLaughlin at center. And Dalcourt could even play some guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have JV and Cohen. You'll certainly have Tyler Booker, but I think Booker's the better player anyway. If you can get through the game healthy, then I think Alabama can win. It can win rather impressively. Uh, so that's the only slight concern. 
because Alabama's had some guys leave in the portal, but it's mostly been offensive linemen. Uh, you know, Braylon Ingraham was not with the team throughout the season. Uh, really, he had been medically disqualified. He ends up at Syracuse. So that's not a huge concern. <laughs> that's not somebody that played a lot of snaps. You know, so that you know, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried about that uh, at all. So I think when you look at it from a from a uh, from a defensive perspective, especially, and this is why I was kind of, I uh, you know, I hate to pile on Pete Golding and Freddie Roach and those guys, but come on, I mean, they have to do their jobs. They got to have these guys ready to play, um, you know, and so there's not going to be any excuses. You've got enough depth along, uh, defensively. Uh, to to make you know to to get through, uh, to be able to play well in this game, uh, you should be able to limit uh, play complimentary football. You know, I'm sorry, yeah, just I mean, play complimentary. Yeah, I agree. I, I just I think overall you've got to contain the run. I, Vaughn's going to make some plays, but don't give up an explosive run. Make him earn every yard. I mean, I know this bothered me throughout the year, like against Tennessee, because Tennessee was a, a good running team, not great, but they went for 180. LSU went for 180, and that's what bothered me. I mean, Auburn went for 300, but Auburn couldn't throw the football. Now, K-State throws the ball better than Auburn, so if Auburn goes for 300, then the whole staff should be fired. Or excuse me, if K-State equals Auburn and goes for 300, then fire all the son of a bitches after the game. I mean, because obviously pack. that's unacceptable. That, they, that that's unacceptable, and you didn't have anybody ready to play. Okay, that's what it, to me it all comes down to. You didn't have them ready to play. They weren't motivated. They should be motivated. Bryce wants to end it with his brothers. So should so does Will Anderson. This should be an impressive win for Alabama. Uh, you know, to me, JoJo Earl wasn't a big enough part of this offense to matter. Trayshawn Holden. He had six touchdowns, so what? He dropped as many as he caught. Uh, what it does to me is it gives Ja'Cory Brooks a bigger load. We've seen more production lately, uh, you know, uh, out of guys, uh, you know, like a, uh, uh, you know, a, a Kendrick Law. Kendrick Law started to excite me because I think he's showing some tendencies and some production like Ja'Cory did, you know, at the end of his freshman year. Uh, no question about it. And then, of course, what we've seen is, uh, we've seen, uh, you, you know, the uh, uh, some of these other receivers step up. Like I, you know, I think Isaiah Bond is a guy that can make some big plays in this game. He hasn't been targeted as much in the last game or two, uh, and then he did have a fumble. Uh, you know, I, I, I believe against Austin P that didn't help his cause, and that you know, and I hated that for him because I think he's a he, and I. Uh, in, or I, Thomas, I can't remember. Was that fumble against Austin Peer? Was it against Mississippi State? Because I was, I was trying to remember. I know he had a fumble though late I, in the season. I believe it was Austin P. Mississippi State I, was kind of a destruction. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, 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 you're right though. I think it was. He got a touch early, and then, uh, and then it, he fumbled against Austin P. That's what I thought. Uh, but again, you know, it's just one of those things where. I just think when you look at it, um, I still think he has got a chance uh, to be a really good player, and I think he could be a bigger part of this. Uh, and like we said, Aaron Anderson never played, so they're not missing anything there. Jermaine Burton has been uh, much more productive in the last few weeks. Uh, you know, I would expect him to have a nice game. Uh, in other words, Christian Leary, he's moved on to also going to UCF along with Amari Kite. But they didn't lose anything. There was no – I guess what I'm trying to say is it, all the guys they lost from the portal were not, you know, starter-type guys. If they stay healthy in this game and focus, they've got enough weapons, especially offensively, to make plays. The only small concern is if some guys got banged up along the offensive line. But if they can stay healthy just for this game, then I think Alabama can win and win impressively. I think Jason McClellan – I, and here's what you do. To me, if you don't have a Trayshawn Holden that might have been in the rotation, or a, you know, but a Christian Leary was barely in it, uh, then to me, what you do is 
Jameer Gibbs can take some of those repetitions, some of those touches as a receiver. So, uh, and Jameer, as you know, Thomas was banged up the last month of the season. He should be much healthier. I guess what I'm trying to say is to make a long story short, when you look at getting a month to prepare, when you look that Alabama has nobody opt out and even with the transfer portal losses, the only thing to me that could stop this team is, is some injuries along the offensive line. And if everybody's focused and locked in, I I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I think Chris Kleiman has done a great job at K-State. They're the Big 12 champs. They're physical. I respect the hell out of the way they play. But I don't see a way, that unless Alabama's sloppy in this game, that K-State wins it. Okay, two things can be true at the same time. Football games are not won and lost on paper. But, man, on paper, this is a rough matchup for K-State. I mean, why has Alabama struggled in – meaningless, I'm putting meaningless in air quotes, meaningless bowl games in the past. It's just been a general listlessness. It's been a, we didn't make it, let's go to the spot and feel sorry for ourselves and futz around, and once we do that and we all feel bad, we're going to move on with our lives. Well, Bryce Young's playing. Will Anderson's playing, which means there's probably some focus on this team. They're not just going to go there to go to New Orleans to party in New Orleans on New Year's Eve. It sounds kind of like a business trip, given that. And I think if it's a business trip, that's going to be the problem. I mean, K-State does deserve all the credit in the world. They, they, you know, you look at their schedule. They did lose to Tulane, which was a shocker. But they smoked Oklahoma State. They did beat TCU, who made the playoff. And they gave a good game to Texas. I mean, so, so it's not like K-State hasn't been through the battles. Now, I think Alabama is a little bit of a different animal to have a battle with. But, you know, neither here nor there, except that when you look at how these teams match up, it's just like, man, like it's, it is a tremendous – put it to you this way, Drew, to back up your point. It is a tremendous indictment of this coaching staff at Alabama if these players are not put in positions to succeed against this team. K-State deserves all the credit in the world for winning the Big 12. I think in the SEC, they are probably the fifth or sixth best team. I think they're clearly behind Georgia. I think they're clearly behind Tennessee. I think – actually, I think Tennessee – or K-State LSU would have been a hell of a game just because of the stylistic implications. Um, you know, I'm pretty certain that K-State's clearly behind Alabama. So right there, they're fifth at best. And, you know, that, that <laughs> when you start getting down that road, you understand what's up. And honestly, the one that would be the one game that I would find interesting, I wish that uh, I wish the Pirate was still here because I'd love to see K State match up against Mississippi State. That'd have been a fun game, too. But I don't, I don't think you could say that K State would be a decided favorite in that game. And that is a team that Alabama beat 30 to 6. And I realize transitive property, but. You know, it wasn't. It was thirty to six, where everybody was. You know, Alabama could have scored one hundred and thirty points if they wanted to. It was ugly. So, I just, I, you know, I hope it's a good game because I get to go to the game and I like watching good football games. But at the same time, Drew, as I said, the over under is fifty six. The line is six and a half. So, you know, what what Vegas sees something like what thirty one twenty four type situation. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's. So I don't think that's that. bad. I think that's close. I'd say, I said thirty-five twenty-one, and I had my numbers wrong. But please go ahead. No, I'm just looking. I was just reading a preview of this game on Bama Online just to get an idea of, from a Kansas State perspective, kind of what they're looking at. Their secondary has got a couple of guys out for the year and has been banged up. I think Alabama can go after them, but I think they need to establish the run first and then be able to move the football through the air. You know, the K-State beat Ryder pick 31-26 Alabama. I'm going to be a little disappointed if it's that close. I mean, which to me means Deuce Vaughn got loose. They made some plays in the passing game. But the one thing that Alabama has not been able to do, and that would still stick to that same script, is they, he said that K-State couldn't turn it over. And as you know, Thomas, Alabama hasn't forced that many turnovers this year. 
they were probably they got to be down near the, the end of the they matter of fact i know they they lost the plus minus this year so uh they're near the end of the the, the, the bottom of the country enforcing turnovers if they could force one or two in this game, it would go a long way to being a 34-17 type game that I envisioned. I'm going to go ahead and say they will, that they will pick off Will Howard, that they will force a fumble. I know it hasn't really been their M.O. Because if they if they don't, then K-State may, may control some of the pace. They could pop a big run. They could pop, you know, Will Howard might make them throw to Knowles and hit a deep ball. But if they do, then that could could go down to the fourth quarter and the and the latter stages of it. I hope not. Uh, I would I would be very pissed off if it did. But it's not going to surprise me at this group. But I, I will say this: win or lose this game, big changes need to happen to this Alabama coaching staff, especially uh, defensively. But I think on both sides of the ball, I think we're going to see a new offensive coordinator, potentially a new tight ends coach. I think you need to see, uh, you know, a new defensive coordinator. I think you need to see some old, old blood come back on that side of the ball. Bo Davis, the South Suns, Harry, because I just think Alabama's lost their edge defensively. But all that being said, they've got the better players. I'm going to stick to 34-17 and that Alabama will play one of its best games or along your lines, 35-21. to But I'm going to be really irritated if, you know, and you, but you, the sharp seemed to always know. You said, Alabama's favored by about six and a half. So they're expecting a 31-24 type game. Uh, but regardless, I'm expecting a victory because, to be honest with you, I think it would be one of the all-time turds being laid if Alabama had everybody come back and not opt out and then this coaching staff couldn't get this team over the hump. If that were the case, I would hope that, 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 near, that, uh, that both sides of the ball would have a, you know the, the uh, houses cleaned. I, I just would really have a hard time going forward with this coaching staff, but hopefully these kids can go out on top. Bryce Young can have a, a bright uh, day in his final game as an Alabama quarterback. Same way with Will Anderson. I'd like to see them both play well and then have Bill O'Brien, you know, ride off into the sunset. And then hopefully Nick Saban, uh, you know, make some changes defensively because again, I just don't think this defensive staff is elite. And I know they only lost two games on by the, on the last play, but the more you look at the LSU game, it's disturbing that they lost it because LSU is extremely one-dimensional. And then with the Tennessee game, I know the officials played a huge part in it because they did force a couple of turnovers they should have had. But allowing a receiver to have five touchdown catches is just ridiculous. <clears throat> and the last time I remember a, a receiver going that crazy was when LSU had a guy named Nick Saban and they had, uh, you know, Josh Reed, who went crazy, uh, you know, uh, in Bryant Denny Stadium, which I thought was just ridiculous. And, we, and what it really was a foreshadowing of was it was a with Rohan Davy and Josh was that this Alabama coaching staff at that time wasn't good enough. So I just think that this team should have been in the playoff. This should be a redemption game for them. And I'm hoping they play better on both sides of the ball. But it is telling that we're not supremely confident, Thomas. <laughs> well, and in a lot of ways, justifiably so. As much yeah. as, you know, he, he, the thing that drove me crazy about the LSU game is that as Alabama's offense starts getting loose, Alabama's offense keeps giving the Alabama defense a lead, and so help me if that didn't matter. And that's just very, very frustrating. There, there's no other way to put it except very, very frustrating. And with that sort of thing going on, if it gets into a situation like that, and I think, you know, I've got 31, I've got 34-24. I'm a little bit higher than the Sharps. Gotcha. I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I know, I feel like I've said this before. I know I said this last week. I know I said this on this week's program to the point that our listeners are going to tell me, to, you know, tweet me, shut the hell up. But more than anything, the fact that the the guys who didn't need to play are playing, and that that speaks to the culture, all that stuff we've already spoken about. It's a real indictment of this staff that Alabama is where they are, and that hasn't changed. Now, fans ask why hasn't Nick Saban fired Bill O'Brien, or why hasn't he fired Pete Golding, or why hasn't he fired Freddie Roach? Well, 
Here's the segue of the year for you, Drew. And, uh, you know, you might have you might have been under a rock or drinking too much eggnog or doing last minute Christmas shopping or, you know, putting together little, you know, little Thomas Watts's super duper play swing set before while this was going on. But Alabama had a hell of a pull from a, this this most recent recruiting class to the point that Thomas Watts, the non recruiting follower, actually got caught my attention. Put it to you that way. So, Drew, you know, what did you see from this recruiting class? I thought Alabama fulfilled a bunch of needs, and I think Alabama fans should be pretty darn excited with what we saw this past week, Drew. Yeah, they should. I mean, uh, they. I'll say this. It, it didn't go 100% perfect. If it had, then Peter Woods would have signed, and I wouldn't want to fire Freddie Roach because he's a transcendent talent that went to Clemson. And Freddie Rose should be fired because it happened, because that should never happen. You shouldn't have a guy that good with two Alabama graduate parents, you know, the program as good as Alabama's, not having Peter Woods. It's just absolutely stupid. And then uh, for and then the walk-off grand slam would have been to get linebacker from Mississippi, Sun Terrain Perkins. I didn't mention, uh, you know, Arian Carter, because Alabama could have gotten him late and up until – you know, really the day before he announced, I think they led, but they decided they didn't want to play the NIL game with him. I don't think they thought he was as good as Perkins, but if you had gotten Perkins and Woods, it would have been a perfect class and it would have been a walk-off. Would have been, I said Alabama, I thought the number would be 28. I was right on that. But if they could sign the right guys, it would have been 30. And that 30 would have been the greatest recruiting class in history, even better than they had England a year ago on paper. Instead, this is probably as good a class as Saban has ever signed on paper. I don't know that it's as good as A&M from a year ago, but it may be better after it's developed and hopefully put on the field by Nick Saban. And I will say, once Peter Woods was lost, I, I never really thought, you know, uh, you know, that, that in some cases uh, with, with Kelby Collins that Alabama really pushed for him from Gardendale. I know Saban went to see him. I don't think it crushed them that he went to Florida, but I do think it bothered them that they didn't get Peter Woods and Perkins. But I think Nick Saban made up his mind about a week before signing day that, okay, we're probably not going to get Sunterade Perkins and Peter Woods, but we damn sure are letting Hugh Freeze come into our state and take this job and get Quay Russo and James Smith, and we sure as hell aren't going to lose Tony Mitchell. He made up his mind that they were going to get those guys. And then they got Caden Proctor, who's a huge get at offensive tackle because of the need. Uh, He's so good. They may not have to go into the portal and get an offensive uh, tackle. Now they might get an interior offensive lineman, depending on Jaden Roberts and TJ Ferguson's development, but getting an all American and a high school player as good as Caden Proctor, who I think can play as a freshman, like a Jonah Williams or a, Cam Robinson or, you know, Andre Smith, somebody like that, or even a, you know, uh, Evan Neal, then I think it's huge. And so you get him and you end up closing out with a runaway trade number one class, Uh, you know, and then you add uh, a guy that uh, many people wasn't sure you were going to at defensive, uh, uh, at uh, DB, and that was Desmond Ricks. And he, he didn't sign till the next day. I just felt like with the 28 Alabama guy, it went about as good as it could. Nick Saban decided to play NIL with, uh, you know, a few guys late. Because, again, it's what Nick Saban always says. Is this what you want college football to be? When they decided no bump rule, coaches couldn't, head coaches couldn't go recruit, he started video conferencing. And then when, you know, they started changing the offense, not calling the illegal man downfield, he's like, screw it, I'm going to hire Lane Kiffin. And then this time he's having to reset, but they're trying to throw around the transfer portal in NIL. He's already done a really good job with the portal at times. Jamison Williams, Landon Dickerson. And now he's like, well, if you want to do this NIL until you regulate it, okay, Alabama's got money as well. Then we're at least not going to let uh, schools come into our state as, and get kids, as many kids as they think they're going to. Or we're not going to let the new Auburn coach get a stranglehold. So I just thought it was as good a day as Alabama could have hoped for. 
Uh, you know, they've got 10 of them on campus. We've already heard some really good things about Malik Benson. I think he's going to he's going to impact the wide receiver room. To me, Thomas, this is early. I don't think that Alabama necessarily needs to add a wide receiver this time. If Jermaine Burton coming back, is, if that's what we're hearing, is true. Uh, and then, you know, I think Alabama's about to, you know, get the other tied into the class. They signed Ty Lockwood uh, from uh, Tennessee, who had uh, an outstanding tight end uh, from Thompson Station, Independence High School to, near Nashville. I think they're going to get C.J. Dupree in the, tomorrow. Uh, by the time people hear this show, he may already be committed. He visited from Maryland. I think he's going to choose Alabama. He's an inline tight end that had 30 catches over 300 yards, three touchdowns for Michael Oxley. Uh, he also visited Ohio State, but he would have two years of eligibility left, and I think Alabama's going to benefit there. And then going forward after the bowl game, uh, I think one of the big things Alabama needs to do <coughs> is put together an NIL package to keep Eli Ricks in school because he hasn't done enough to be a high-round pick. They need him to come back. If he comes back, I don't think Alabama needs a corner. I could see them going maybe safety in the portal because, personally, I would kick the tires on Jalen Cadillac if he's healthy from Arkansas. I, he could be the best safety of the SEC if healthy. I would look at him. I would, I've already said interior offensive line potentially. Certainly defensive, interior defensive line, defensive tackle, I think you could take a look at. Uh, maybe a defensive end, but just defensive line in general. And if you sign Bo, if you get Bo Davis, hell, he may bring some kids from Texas. That would be another bonus for me. Uh, and you know, and then uh, I, I think the other position to look at uh, potentially uh, is linebacker. We'll see an inside linebacker. How they think Blackshires come along. How they think uh, you know uh, Sean Murphy has come along because there's some younger inside linebackers and Jihad Campbell. So, and we might even be able to tell some of that by the bowl game, depending on how much some of the younger guys play. But again, that'll play itself out. But I'm expecting an impressive Alabama win. They certainly got a lot done in recruiting. But what I'll say about that is that was mostly Nick Saban, Eric Wolford, T. Rob, Charles Kelly. Charles Kelly is leaving for Colorado after this bowl game. I still think we're going to see changes on both sides of the ball. And, and I'll be honest, for the first time, Thomas, I have an idea where they would, you know, where they would like to go defensively. I've heard a lot of buzz around Jeremy Pruitt. I still think there's a good chance he's going to be, be cleared, but I really don't have a clue offensively. I haven't heard any names. It's really interesting. Uh, so I don't know where Nick Saban wants to go there yet. I'm sure we'll find out and we'll talk to you after the bowl game on BAMs and, and talk about what we're hearing. But that's what's so interesting. I don't really have an, a feel for what they're going to do offensively. So, uh, but I, I do think recruiting went about as good as you could have hoped. But I thought that Nick Saban was, was, was over the hill and the dynasty was dead and all of that. No. And, and that was, that was why I'm clowning myself saying I even noticed and we'll see about the coaching staff. And that, that was my point. You know, you don't blow up a staff when you have this recruiting class to close out. Right. And, and we'll see. I think I think there will be changes. I, I don't, you know, Nick Saban's not an idiot. He knows Alabama was not where it should have been. I mean, he I, he's gonna understand that it's pretty crazy that who are if 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 the draft was tomorrow, Will Anderson and Bryce Young are both top five picks. Now it's not, and the combine is that and interviews and blah 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 whatever. Um, but. That's how good they are, but they've come back. So I think he's – I'm still going to believe he's going to get it right. Uh, I'll be interested to see if Bo Davis comes back. I think that's that's a name that fans have been clamoring for since he had to leave under a cloud of unfortunate uh, unfortunate self-inflicted wound. Let's call it that. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt is uh, – I, I, I respect the heck out of what Kirby Smart was able to do as Nick Saban's defensive coordinator. I think Jeremy Pruitt is a better pure defensive coordinator than Kirby Smart. Right. And and so that would be, you know, if, if we're sitting here and next week we're having a conversation and Jeremy Pruitt's the guy on for the D.C., dear Lord, am I happy. I mean, th- I, I'm not concerned about anything on defense anymore. And, you know, offensively is kind of weird. Uh, and I'm, I'm like you. I haven't heard any specific names. 
And so what would an offensive coordinator hire look like? You know, I'll just speculate. I'll be the speculator here because I have no facts to back this up. Right. If, if Nick Saban wants to go back to more physical, pro style things, there are a bunch of coordinators out there. Um, I think offense in general is trending back towards, while using spread principles, a lot of pro-style looks still. Yeah. So, so you need a coordinator that, you know, they can do some quick adjust zone read stuff, you know, some quick games, some tempo variation, but you're also going to have to have packages that run a more pro look. And I realize those are two completely different things, but I think in this era of NIL and all that other, being able to be multiple is a big deal. Um, where was Alabama's offense struggling? The Alabama offense this year is one of the least creative offenses I've seen in high-level in high college football in my lifetime. It is, it is Darby up the middle bland, and that's a problem. I, you, you mentioned you want to name names. Take a look at what Georgia does. Todd Munkin has that thing going, and you know, as Stetson Bennett deserves all the credit in the world for being what he is to that football team. But Stetson Bennett ain't going first round. Even if he wins two national titles in a row, he ain't going first round, and there's a reason for that. But Georgia has it cooking, and Munkin has it figured out. So do you look at that tree? I'd be interested in that. But it really comes down to what, how Nick Saban wants to attack it. If Nick Saban is absolutely bought into the notion of, you know, your Ty Simpsons and your Bryce Youngs of the world, I can go score 50 every time consistently. Okay, cool. Let's go do that. The thing is, we don't know because that does have an effect on your team. It does take some of your physical edge off. But, I mean, to this day, I think if Jaleel Billingsley doesn't Jaleel a block against Georgia, Alabama wins because Brian Robinson had decided, I'm just going to go Godzilla in that game. But, you know, unfortunately, Jaleel Jaleeled, and he's now Jaleeled himself out of major college football, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it. And uh, so the Jaleeling is not just hosing everyone else. He's he's doing it to himself, so at least he's consistent. But anyway, you know, how they choose to attack that will be – or, you know, break that down will be interesting. And, you know, Drew, I'll be honest. If we're having this conversation in a month and the offensive coordinator is whoever – I want to be able to be excited that stuff doesn't feel like it comes really, really hard to this Alabama offense anymore. That was a killer this year. I don't want to do that again. So we'll see. Um, I still think, you know, given recruiting and all that, it's fair to be excited. It's fair to look forward to it. And, you know, onward and upward. Let's go beat K-State. Well, I agree. I know you're just shocked that – Jaleel Billingsley was basically kicked off the team at Texas and is going to go pro. That ought to be humorous, uh, seeing him try to get drafted. And that Ajay Moron has entered the portal again after making no plays for Texas. I mean, these are two guys that were a waste of space. And, huh, didn't – I mean, they could have helped Alabama win a national championship and repeat. You just detailed that neither of them were ready and they go to their new place and they do nothing because they neither one of them, both are talented, but both of them don't have what it takes to be great, period, end of story. They don't have inside of them what you need. And so uh, I want to see, you know, what Alabama has to them to this to win this K-State game. I want to see what Nick Saban has for this third reboot to try to go out like he wants to and be get this program back on top. You just mentioned Georgia has it rolling. I certainly agree with that. I expect Georgia to play Michigan for the national championship. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> I'm expecting Alabama uh, to beat Kansas State solidly and then retool, and I'm going to be fascinated to see the changes that are made on both sides of the ball. But I know we'll talk more about that later. Real quickly in basketball, uh, since we last spoke, we talked about the Missed opportunity against Gonzaga. Gonzaga and Drew Timmy were tremendous. Six guys in double figures. Alabama didn't play poorly. They just got outplayed. They were flat as a pancake to be expected against Mo Williams, a former Alabama All-American, All-SEC guy. 
help them to number one in the country, help them to an SEC championship and a number two seed. I uh, had two really good years at Alabama that was a second round draft choice, had a long pro career, you know, won an NBA title, uh, now went into coaching. His son was actually a manager at Alabama a few years ago, uh, I believe under Avery Johnson. So Mo's a big Bama guy. He was wearing his jersey uh, on his uh, on his gold chain, his Alabama jersey. So he was very proud to come home. Alabama went with 33-32 at halftime. Uh, you know, Stretch, a.k.a. Noah Clowney, did not play in the game. Uh, he was uh, he was ill uh, and missed it due to the flu. The flu had hit Alabama pretty hard. Alabama did play a much better second half, uh, and they ended up winning it going away, 84-64. And this was some SEC teams bit the dust uh, on the you know in December in these kind of games. So Alabama finding a way to win, I thought was big. Uh, Brandon Miller had a double double, 10 points, 14 boards. Noah Gurley had his best game. He had 16 and five. Uh, you know, Charles Bediaco had 10 and 9. And let's not forget uh, Mark Sears as well. He was very efficient offensively. Three threes, 15 points. But Nick Pringle was the real story. Five and five from the field, nine rebounds, 14 points, a lot of great athleticism. Uh, and he really played well. And so Alabama was able to uh, get a much better game efficient wise out of Javon Quinterly. Uh, you know, he ended up with five assists, eight points. So they win the game 84-64. They will take on Mississippi State in their SEC opener on the road on SEC Network. That will be December the 29th at 8 p.m. Uh, Mississippi State did lose their last game out to Drake, so they're not undefeated, uh, but still ranked. They're 11-1 instead of 12-0. and but, So that'll be a tough road contest for Alabama and Stark Vegas. But one, I still think they're capable of winning. They're down to eighth in the poll. Uh, coming off the loss to Gonzaga, but the bounce back against Jackson State. So Alabama right now, uh, eighth in one poll, ninth in the other, I think uh, is way, where they are. So that, I'm excited for their opportunity uh, to go into to go into Starkville to get their SEC, uh, you know, slate uh, uh, started. And again, number eight Alabama. They're uh, I guess they're eighth in both polls. My my apologies. They were ninth. I guess when they played Jackson State, but now eight, it comes out today because hell, my days are all backwards. I know we just had Christmas. Thomas is recovering from it as well. I keep forgetting today's Monday. I'm not even sure what day it is, but it is Monday, and we're coming to you for a, a different day on BAMS Radio. But again, both Thomas and I are, he said 35 21. I said 34 17. We're expecting an impressive win from Alabama, and that's what we're hopeful for. Uh, I'm expecting Bryce Young to go out playing well. I'm also expecting uh, Jameer Gibbs and uh, and certainly, uh, you know, Jason McClellan to combine for at least 175 all-purpose yards and a couple of touchdowns. I think they're going to be central uh, in this game plan against K-State. Uh, and I think Alabama's going to win this game, win it impressively, hopefully play one of their better defensive games and force a couple of turnovers, put this game away in the third quarter and win it impressively. Uh, and then, like I say, Alabama will get started with SEC playing basketball. That'll be a topic on our next show. And hopefully, uh, C.J. Dupree is going to go public to Alabama tomorrow. We'll be able to talk about that. And whatever rumblings we're hearing from the coaching staff and uh, in the transfer portal as far as more additions the next time we come to you from, from BAMS Radio. But uh, we did want to wish everybody a happy new year. Uh, we will be Next time we come to you will be 2023. But we thank you for supporting us in 2022. We hope you enjoy the Sugar Bowl. We're expecting a big Alabama win. Uh, we, and uh, our guy Thomas will have a first-hand uh, first report. He is going to be attending the game. So that will be very interesting to get his thoughts, what he sees live. He's already kind of, uh, you know, hinted to you that he was going to be there. But we look forward to bringing you the, our, the thoughts of myself, William Redfish Barger, and Thomas Watts. But for everyone, we continue to thank you for uh, supporting BAMS Radio. It's been a little bit of a longer show tonight. We wanted to break down the K-State uh, matchup, also talk recruiting and basketball. But for Thomas the Wizard Watts and William Redfish Barger, I'm Trudy Armand. Good night, everybody, and roll tide.